Welcome to the Ethos Forum podcast. I'm your host, Mark Douglas. This is the fifth and final part of my conversation with Professor Caroline McMillan, Chief Scientist of South Australia. We pick up this conversation when I ask Professor McMillan about academic governance and specifically about the operation of academic board. Where do you see the role of academic board going into the future, Karen? Does it have a strong role and how should it be working to, for maximum effectiveness? Look, I think there was a risk in the early days as Australia's universities got larger and therefore more complex organisations and required you know, significant links between strategy, whole of institution strategy that had to be, as it were, worked through and delivered across faculties and that that was an unfamiliar piece uh, compared to the traditional, we just get on with this and you know, leave us alone, mm. <laughs> you know, which was the environment I sort of grew up in, as it were. And as institutions got larger, the opportunities of what they could deliver were more scalable and larger. But of course, what that then began to produce was a different sort of form of relationship between the academic leaders and who were taking the senior executive roles and academic leaders who were running programs or determining the direction of particular programs and components of them in professional fields, for instance. So at one point there was this tension which almost was mute the voice of academic boards. We live and die as academic institutions on the quality of the academic voice. But the converse was also that um, people began to see as change came through, which was necessary in many instances, to support the role of the community and support the role of the university to support the community to deliver graduates who would support industry move forwards as we've navigated the economic transition in Australia and actually to keep faith in a future that's different to the present. Universities are all about new futures and you have to have people who are willing to move, take a few steps risk weight at portfolio. Some of it will work, some mm. of it won't. But academic boards aren't necessarily an anchor to change, are they? But, but the difficulty for academic boards is while that engaging in change is part of the role, there is also a tension where they become industrial environments, where people who do not feel that the changes are really going to sit easy in their part of the world, and there's good reasons and, and perhaps more to vested reasons for that, then there's a sense of taking over the academic board to say, well, this is an academic issue, and in part it is, and in part it is not. So then the the chair of academic board almost becomes the leader of the opposition. Well, I think actually where academic boards do is, and I've seen some very good academic boards, and certainly at the University of Newcastle, and led very well, is where there's, there's a clear understanding of the remit of the governance within the governance framework of the University of Academic Board and a good engagement, an open engagement with executive who are taking advice on what I might call corporate matters from Academic Board and respecting that, but at the same time are not seeking to have every part of a corporate business contested at an academic board. And I think that, you know, what I call universities are brilliant homes of dissenters. And, you know, we wouldn't go into academic life if we agreed that things work as they should or that we know how things work or that we think everyone is right. And so we hone our academic skills through dissenting, testing it, putting evidence behind it. So collegial discussions of and hearing dissent is part of a good academic book. Yes, I absolutely, and I I would often say it, um, it does not mean that all of the dissent has a particular relevance to the point at hand. Mm. But nevertheless, expressing that 
is absolutely how universities work. And people will come into universities and often business leaders and will say, well, you know, you know, people seem to take on that view, you know, because, you know, we don't run a hierarchical mm. system. Um, it's, it's quite a different way of working in a room views and a mid-career researcher will have a fabulous view and a vice chancellor is well positioned to you know, listen to it. And you say, yeah, no, that's right, we don't. And the value in universities is that you are listening for the piece that is absolutely going to change your position because you hadn't seen it through that light and now we're going to think through this whole collectively, we're going to think through this issue. So there's, there's insight to be gained from hearing a voice of dissent very much so. Mm. But there's also insight for the voice of dissent to listen to the views around the board and also to consider the role that in a sense there may be a disrespect for the role of academic board in that regard because academic board has got this role in governance and when it gets distracted off piste as it were then you, you're sort of losing the time and energy off the group. So the chairing of academic board is critical isn't it here because oh, sometimes these definitely. academic boards can be very large yes. meetings 60, 70 yes. sometimes yes. And we have some academic boards in Australia that are over 300 members. It's difficult to get the process and the conversations together. Yes, I think governance and 300 people is very tricky. So I, I won't comment directly on that, but I do think, that, to your point, does good leaders of academic board are able to have confidence from colleagues and, uh, and who have confidence in the process by which views are expressed, put and tested. They have confidence of the governing body and they have confidence of the senior executive. Yeah. And not confidence because they're always agreed with, but yeah. actually confidence that the process by which this business will move through will be handled. Confidence in the well. process, yeah. yes. So is it a, a reasonable suggestion about the, uh, uh, the potential of academic, to get an understanding of academic governance? It is. It certainly is. And, and I think um, I, I'm a great believer that people would say, would give advice, never join committees, you know. Well, the reason I got my first leadership role was because I joined the Alexander Theatre you know, advisory group as a very young academic in health and medical sciences at Monash. And I learned so much from that. It was my opportunity to watch people in a different field, find solutions to, to issues that were of interest to me, but were not in my main field of expertise, and to contribute collectively to decisions. I think the ability to move forward in leadership requires sitting with colleagues, putting in the time to listen, and to find the ways to disagree, perhaps, that will add value rather than shut down the conversation. There's much to learn. Once again, further evidence that uh, of saying yes creates opportunities. It does. With a limit. If after 10 years you're still not being asked to chair the committee, really, I think, you know, I say to emerging leaders, it has to be a journey in which you develop a skill set and then you exercise a skill set of leadership in that context. Very interesting. Carolyn McMillan, thank you very much for talking to the Ethos Forum. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you.